0: Today's uh, first reading of the sacred text is from the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verses 1 through 4, 7 through 9, and 12 through 20. Then God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of your Lord, your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work. Honor thy father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house You shall not cover your neighbor's wife, or male or female slave, or ox, or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. When all the people witnessed the thunder and lightning, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking, they were afraid, and trembled, and stood at a distance, and said to Moses, You speak to us, and we listen. And we will listen, but do not let God speak to us or we will not die or I'm sorry, or we will die. So Moses said to the people, do not be afraid for God has come only to test you and to put the fear of him upon you so that you do not sin.
1: Thanks, Karen. So uh, Karen mentioned to me this morning, she said these are two long readings, and we've been having some long readings for a few weeks now because I can't get us off the track of following the Exodus story through as well as following these Matthew Gospel Matthew passages through. Um, and so um, we can't speak to everything about all of them, but I think it's important to kind of hear the continuation of both lines of these stories. and So that's why I gave you so much today, Karen. So I hope, it's, hope, hope you can deal with it. Um, all right, so, you know, the, one reason I want us to keep hearing the Exodus story is that I just think it's the story of our lives. It's the story of every time period. It's, it's the story of What's got us captive? What's got us stuck? How we can get to a better place? And how God is calling us to that better place? And, and what is it going to take along the way? And how are we going to deal with the ups and the downs? And being cranky in different moments and wonderfully feeling wonderfully joyous in other moments? and How do we just kind of continue on this journey of life with everything that seems to come at us, including crazy drivers out there on the roads. Um, and today, of course, we have the, a reading that references the Ten Commandments. Um, and, it, you know, from the very beginning, there's problems with these Ten Commandments. Uh, I, I have a particular interest in the uh, Second Commandment. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is on earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. So, you're not supposed to make an idol, in other words, turn into a god, anything, even if it's in heaven. Um, and it's kind of interesting out of that that one of the divides we have in the cultural divides in our society, um, is those who, who want to basically replicate the Ten Commandments that are put on stone tablets and make sure they're prominently placed as something that this is what we need to worship and follow. Um, and it's an interesting emotional debate that goes on in our society. Um, but right there in the Ten Commandments, we hear about no idols. Um, so we'll hear other times in the scriptures about who God is I think we even had one of these readings a few weeks ago and, and God tells Moses I am tell people I am because any word after that uh, limits God whether it's I am every word that's in the Bible or I am everything that's on the stone tablets from the Ten Commandments whatever it might be um, we're, we're cautioned to not turn those things along the journey uh, into something that becomes the God, that becomes where we give our worship and what we idolize. Um, so a couple things about the, uh, the Ten Commandments. Um, the, they are given to the people on the Exodus journey Uh, And this is one of the many references uh, throughout the Hebrew Scriptures to these Ten Commandments, although they're not actually named as Ten Commandments except for in three places, uh, and that's in Exodus 34. So if you like to read chronologically, it's not going to exactly work because they weren't named Ten Commandments at this passage, which is in verse 20. Exodus 34 is the only place in Exodus, where it says Ten Commandments. Um, Deuteronomy has two references to the Ten Commandments in the fourth and in the tenth chapter. And that is it for naming them as the Ten Commandments. That's it um, in the whole Bible. Now, I think it's important to, to look, in terms of importance in the Bible, about how words are used. So I did a little search on uh, how many times even the word commandments comes up in the Bible. Um, It's 172 times in the Hebrew scriptures in the Old Testament, and it's only 57 times in the New Testament. And we'll talk a little bit more about how that's used differently in both of those in just a couple of minutes. Um, One of the things that's going on in the journey to the promised land out of the captivity of Egypt, is that you have a lot of people traveling together. Um, and so things aren't working out very well, and they're not working out as planned, um, at as least as the people had planned in their head. Have you ever had that happen in your life, where it didn't work out as you planned? You made a decision to go on a big journey in your life, uh, but it didn't exactly work out as you planned. You didn't foresee everything that was going to happen. Well, especially if you're doing this with a large group of people, um, then really a lot of unexpected things are going to happen. And so these Ten Commandments were something that that God gives to Moses to help the people to be safe, to get along with one another, and to continue on what the community goal is, to be on the journey to the promised land. And they're they're even written in ways that you can maybe understand that while there are some core principles built into these, They're not literally meant to be the kind of thing that's there for everybody for all times because of some of the ways that they're named. For example, um, the first commandment, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. It doesn't say you shouldn't have any other gods. It says you have no others before me. In other words, I should be the number one God. Well, that contextually is because a lot of these people came out of traditions of honoring many, many gods. And they would get ordered about who was more important than another. So this is God saying, of all the gods, I'm the one who should be number one on the list. (laughs) You know? Um, We take that in our day as there's only one God. But that's not how it was written contextually for the people on the journey to the promised land. It was written... For them with core principles that we can pull out of it for sure, but not written in a, some literal way for the rest of us to uh, use for all times. And in fact, in the many references to these commandments throughout the scriptures, sometimes not all ten are named. You notice here, they're not even put together. The reason why Karen had to jump around in the verses was to get all the Ten Commandments in. Um, there's many verses in between where it's not talking about the commandments, um, And so you had to jump around to get all ten. And sometimes they're phrased differently in different contexts and different parts of the story. Um, So, uh, then the third one says, you shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. It doesn't define what wrongful use is. Now, I was raised to think that meant cursing with God in, in the cursing, right? You know, using bad words and, and using God in there. Um, it doesn't say that. It's, it's left for some level of interpretation about what that misuse might be. It's not as simple as, I'm just going to live by these Ten Commandments. Uh, they were contextually written for the people of the time with core principles embedded in them, which actually, frankly, there were, there were folks who didn't believe in God at all who followed most of these because most of the Ten Commandments, the ones that don't directly reference God, were things that were already written as a way to have a society live together um, before these Ten Commandments were even put in what we now call the Bible. Um, so... Um, I'm always interested in the one of not bearing false witness. That's number nine, against your neighbor. Um, And I think that's one that's still quite relevant for today because what does false witness mean? It means saying something about your neighbor that you're not 100% positive is true. Have you ever said anything about anybody else you weren't 100% positive is true? Driving up, I said a lot of things about that driver in the other car. I have no idea. What the things I was saying to myself, whether they were true, and I won't say any of them to you, okay? So, um, but, uh, you know, that is probably the universal one, especially when we're upset about something. Um, when we're upset about something going on in our community or in our family, we say things about each other um, that maybe we want them to be true, but they're not necessarily true, and we don't know, we don't have the information to know that they are true so there's clearly some core principles um, based into these Ten Commandments um, so what's, what's really interesting as you go through the Ten Commandments is to understand um, why they're there and what they're there for and there's references throughout the Hebrew Scriptures throughout the Old Testament that hearken back don't forget this is how we're living together this is your core guide it never says this is everything, but this is, a, this is a good place. You can live a pretty good life together on this journey if you follow these things. All right. Now, when you go to the New Testament, there are 57 references, as I said, to, to uh, commandments, to the word commandments at all, not necessarily always the Ten Commandments. Twenty-four of those are in the Gospels. No book of the New Testament has the word commandments in it more than seven times. Um, There's a lot of other words that are spoken a lot more. And what's interesting, while I didn't do a statistical thing on this, I read through many of those New Testament passages quickly. Um, And I would say on my read-through, 75% of them are referencing back to... The Ten Commandments, as a way of saying, Moses gave the people these Ten Commandments on God's instruction, but now we have Jesus. And with Jesus, we move to another level. We move to another uh, achievement point we can have in our human development, which is to live by the greatest commandment. So, in the vast majority of the cases, where it's used in the... So, the purpose of referencing the Ten Commandments uh, and the laws in the New Testament is to remind us where we came from, but to also say, now we are Jesus followers. And as Jesus followers, we're following something bigger, but what's tricky about it is it's much more complicated is it easier to follow ten rules or laws or is it easier to um, to love yourself love your neighbor as yourself and love God which is easier to to implement in your daily, daily life ten rules or love yourself love your neighbor as yourself and love God When you study human development, which we have done a lot of important work in the last hundred or so years, um, we've learned a lot more about who we are as people. And as we do that, we find out that things like the Ten Commandments are good guides when somebody is at early stages of human development, especially when they are a child. But as they grow, they live in more complexity. And that's not going to be enough for them. They're going to need to be able to handle complex situations with some bigger principles. And they're going to need to take more ownership than I follow these rules. Right? And in so many ways, I think that's what Jesus was doing, saying, it's time on the journey. We're still really on the Exodus journey. And from our captivity into our liberation as human beings, it's time now. To live by the bigger principles. And to live through the complexity of what that means. And to figure it out. So, I think that's one of the reasons why Jesus gives us... I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this particular parable today because it's complex in its own self. But one reason why I wanted you to hear it alongside these Ten Commandments is... Do you notice how Jesus doesn't say as answers to questions, well, here's the ten things you need to do? Jesus says, let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a parable. Because what does the parable do? The parable do, that doesn't give you a straight answer. But it gives you an immensity of possibilities to live into if you really take the parable seriously, if you really dig into everything in the parable, if you have conversation with fellow Jesus followers about it, if you do your own thinking and prayer about it, if you go through this more complex process, but more fulfilling one, you're going to come up with insights and directions and possibilities that you need on your journey To take the next step in your human development. To become even more what Jesus knows that you can be. And if we're just given the straight answers every time, what do we do? We say, well, these are the Ten Commandments. I'm just going to follow these. Okay, I'm fine. I followed all ten of them. I am there. That, of course, I could have also put in here the rich young man's story about, you know, he followed all the commandments and Jesus told him the next step he needed to take and he walked away, right? So today, as we look at the Ten Commandments, we honor how powerful they were for the people of Israel on their journey out of captivity in Egypt and headed on a long and complicated journey to the promised land, that they were, they were given by God what they needed at that moment. They were given ways that they could sort some things out together and stay on the journey, stay focused on where they were going. We give honor for that, and we give honor to the core, some of the core principles that are in there that we can still apply in our lives today. But as we do that, we remember that we have an even higher calling on the evolutionary journey of humanity to the promised land. And that is to live by the greatest commandment. And that doesn't mean just saying love is the most important thing. That means spending time with with digging into what it means to be a follower of Jesus and what doors these parables of Jesus open up to us so that we might see new possibilities in our own life and what we can do in particular situations that we are dealing with in our own life so that we can get a step closer to loving ourselves to loving our neighbor and to loving God and may that kingdom of God come when we all live in the fullness
0: of that love man